0: Welcome to the Navigating Cancer Together podcast. My name is Talaya Dendi. I am a 10-year cancer thriver, cancer doula, and owner of On The Other Side. I use my experience to help others get on the other side of cancer. This podcast is about sharing stories, resources, and information about all things related to cancer and wellness. I interview guests from all walks of life who are living with cancer, caregivers, and those who made it on the other side. Also, I talk with organizations, healthcare professionals, and experts in the health and wellness spaces who offer complementary and integrative care. Join me. We are in this together. Hello, and welcome to Navigating Cancer Together. Thank you so much for joining us for another information field episode. I am so grateful to have you here with us. Today, our very special guest is Iceland Hamilton, Austin. and she is a pediatric nurse, a 16year breast cancer survivor. She is the CEO of Duckling To Diva, Young Women's Empowerment Organization. She's also a children's book author, mother and grandmother. Iceland, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so excited for the audience to hear about all the work that you're doing and just to learn more about you and your cancer journey. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. My pleasure. Absolutely. So Iceland, you are a 16-year breast cancer survivor. Please tell us a little bit about your background and how you found out that you had cancer.
1: Okay, so I am a pediatric nurse practitioner and like you said a grandmother and a mother. I've been a nursing for 42 years because I was an RN and then I became a nurse practitioner. I got diagnosed in 2006 with breast cancer and it was kind of it was kind of surreal because I actually found the lump like a month before my wedding and it was small. It wasn't even like I thought. Oh my gosh, I have breast cancer! I was like, "Mm, this is a little knot, and it felt like a smooth marble. So you know, I I called my gyn doctor, who was also a friend of mine that I had known from working at the hospital, and I was like, hey, I found this small little knot, but you know, I got lots to do because I'm getting married in thirty days. I'm gonna make an appointment after that. And he was like, "Mm, negative. You're coming in sooner than your thirty days, so I could at least check. So I did. I went, and it was so tiny. He was like, I don't even know how you found that. And I said, so this was the important thing about that is that's why you have to do your exams regularly because you may not know what it is, but you know it wasn't there before.
0: Right. Exactly. So
1: so that was the only thing that kind of was like, "Hmm, what is this? Fast forward, I got diagnosed that I was shell shocked. I got what? That was the furthest thing from my mind. I hadn't even thought about that. It even never crossed my mind, oh, this little lump could be breast cancer. I was just like, oh, it's just going to be a little lymph node. We're going to keep it moving. No, man. I had a lumpectomy, and then I had chemo and radiation. Wow. So... And all of that in and of itself is a whole emotional coaster ride, you know, the chemo, which makes you sick. And then you lose your hair. so on top of not feeling well, then you look in the mirror and you're like, oh my God, I remember when I had to get my hair cut, I was crying like a baby because I was like, I look like an alien, like bald headed, whatever. So it's a, it's a whole mix of emotions with dealing with the mental aspect of that and the medical aspect and then the physical, it, it, it kind of will take you out, but I survived it because I'm talking to you. That's right. It's a journey.
0: It definitely is a journey. And there's so many things in common when someone gets cancer, but then there's so many other things that are different for each person. I have a personal question for you. Did you decide to delay your wedding or did you, did that still go on as planned?
1: No, it still went on as planned. I Uh, had my surgery and then he was like, okay, you can have the wedding and then the next Thursday, like it was four or five days after that, I started chemo.
0: Oh, wow. Well, I'm glad that that part worked out. Yeah. Yeah. And so Iceland, how did your family respond or your husband to be when you share the information?
1: They were all really shocked. And I, it it was kind of like walking around in a dream in a way, because it was like, okay, I told you this, but everybody was like, what, wait, what? Because, you know, I was this health guru. I exercise, I don't eat fast foods. I, I hate fast foods. I never eat fast foods. I didn't eat red meat. So for me to be the one that end up with cancer, everybody was like, what the heck? They all rallied around me and everybody helped me out. They were real supportive. It was hard for me with my kids because I had one kid graduating from high school. My other kid was in her second year of college. And it, all I could like think about was I'm going to die and not see my kids grow up and get married and have grandkids. So it was crazy.
0: I bet that served as a big motivation for you to, to really push through it and just do the best that you could to get through treatment and, and keep a good mindset as, as much as possible. But we have to also experience those, those not so good feelings as well so yeah. that your family and your children were huge motivators.
1: They were, they were my motivators. Cause I was like, I, I just can't give up like this. So I just, even the days I didn't feel good, I just forged forward because I was like, there's an end to this and it'll come out good. So it did.
0: Good, good. I'm so happy to hear that. And because you've survived breast cancer for so long, 16 years, I'm sure you've had friends who have been diagnosed and didn't survive. What has that been like for you?
1: You know, that's a hard pill to swallow. It's almost like if you say you have survivor's remorse in a way, you know, I, a lot of times I think about why I could survive it and they couldn't. I've had two or three friends that have it, but my, my most recent one, she actually, her one year anniversary of her passing was Mother's Day
0: because
1: mm. last year she passed away the day before Mother's Day. And hers, I think was the saddest for me because i found that people like me that have breast cancer, they, we are all people that give everything to everybody, but not yourself. I have not met one woman who has been diagnosed with breast cancer who hasn't been. I call them us overnurturers. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, you, true.
1: You just do. You could already be out your way to the store to go to the grocery store, but if somebody call you, you make a detour. I get them groceries tomorrow and do whatever. But she was one of those people who she never ever did one thing on her bucket list in her whole 56 year delivery because she that everything was about her husband and her kids and always I'll do that later because they want to do this and then she passed away and never got to do anything and it was really sad for me the last conversation I had with her she said you know the the only thing I regret in life is I didn't get it to do anything I ever wanted to do because I ran out of time Mm -hmm. but not knowing you were going to run out of time and it is heartbreaking because she was the sweetest person ever I used to call my sunshine we were friends for 30 years and I talked to her every single day for 30 years and Mm. so it's hard to not talk to her anymore and then you know it makes you realize that people's lives go on because she was just dead a year now her husband been married to somebody else for five months now it's kind of hurtful, but I mean, mm-hmm. I try to rationalize and be like, well, you can't expect a man to be alone forever. But I'm like, you were married to her for 35 years. And yeah. that means something like it's, you know, it, to me, it's like, so what was my life, my 35 years of sacrificing everything worth to you? The lesson for me and her was like, I don't care how much somebody tells you they love you, love yourself way more. Always.
0: I like that. And this day and age it's like, you must, because everyone seems to have some sort of an agenda. And I don't want to say that to sound negative, but everything that you're saying is true because if you don't take care of yourself and put yourself first and your health first, you're not going to be too much help for anyone else. Those people that do deserve your help and and your care and all of that. So great point.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And how has having cancer changed your approach to friendships and relationships? Do you look at those relationships differently? Or when you enter into new friendships, do you take a different approach? Or are you a little more cautious? What does that look like?
1: New friendship wise, I'm a lot more cautious, which means I haven't made a whole lot of friends.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> so, and then old friendship, I've learned to just match people's energy. So if you're that person I used to say, I'm going to let people be who they are, but I'm going to still be the same person. Yes. They are who they are. I don't, I no longer believe that. I'm going to let you be who you are, but I'm matching your energy. So if you're that person who only calls me when you want something from me, mm-hmm. I'm only going to answer the phone when I want to. Mm-hmm. Like I used to be like, no, it might be an emergency, whatever, now I don't care. I'm like, because you're the type of person that you just drain the energy out of people. You just move on to the next person on your phone list. So I don't feel bad about that anymore. But I used to but now I don't. Now I'm like, if you're disturbing my peace or I, if you're somebody who you call me and at two hours later, I'm still listening to your drama. I will tend not to answer the phone. I'll be like, find somebody else to do the drama today. So yeah. I'm matching energy now.
0: Yeah. Or recommend a good therapist. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I get it. I get it. And you know, it's so interesting because after, unfortunately it takes something like cancer for some of us to make these changes yeah. and say, hey, that's not good for my health. That's not good for my emotional health, mental health. Yeah. And you you start to learn, or at least I have started to learn how important it is to protect my energy and to be mindful of who's around me and what they're speaking over me. I
1: remember going to a church once. I'm a big person, like I'm not, and this is not to say anything against people, but I don't like people who do that whole speaking in tongues. To touch me. Mm-hmm. I have a problem with that because mm-hmm. the stuff that I read in the Bible says if somebody's speaking in tongues, it should be somebody to interpret it. If I can't hear what you're saying to me in English, I'm like, don't touch me, don't pray over me. Don't mm-hmm. I don't want that. There was a pastor once who took offense to it. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I have no idea what this person is saying. She might be sending me to hell. I don't know. Right. <laughs> I, I, I get I guess, it. So <laughs> the energy aspect is true because you mm-hmm. just don't know. And you don't, like you said, people have a hidden agenda. Yeah. And I don't want to be a part of your hidden agenda.
0: I'm with you there how has cancer changed your view of life we touched on it a little bit but are there some other areas of your life where cancer has kind of changed your outlook or your view so now
1: I used to be like oh I want to do this I want to do that but I'm gonna wait and you always have to be like it's got to be perfect you Mm -hmm. gotta have enough money or you need enough this whatever now I'm like I don't care I just if I want (laughs) to do something I'm going for it so I'm now just going through, if I want to travel, I'm traveling. I've been to Dubai. I've been to Italy. I've been lots mm. of places. I always had a bucket list for. And so I'm going whatever it is. I feel like I want to do. I just get my little coins together and that's mm-hmm. what I'm doing.
0: So what has been your best trip so far?
1: I think Italy, I love Dubai, but Italy was amazing. Wow. It was Absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm.
0: And speaking on that note, do you feel like traveling is therapeutic for you? Is cancer Something that played a part in you traveling more? I was doing
1: it before, uh-huh. but after cancer, I just picked up the pace and do it more. Like I was always, I used to be in that airport. I lived in Tampa before. In Tampa, so much that people doing the scan through knew, knew who I was because uh-huh. <laughs> I was there all the time. I just feel like. I just want to experience joy and happiness and what that feels like and freedom. I love the beach. A lot of times when I'm home and I have to do work for like books or I'm writing a new book, I go to the beach. I call it my chill out work day. I do what makes me happy inside and out because that's important. I don't do people's drama.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: if you come at me and I feel like I need to stop you in your tracks, I'm going to stop you in your tracks. Mm-hmm. And if you get your feelings hurt, you get your feelings hurt. I just be looking at you like, hey- you got yeah. to get what you get so i used to care before now i don't so traveling is my happy place and i'm good
0: Wonderful. I love that. You said joy and freedom. Mm -hmm. Those two things are so important. And I really believe they play a big part in our overall health, because if you don't have joy, you're just in this state all the time where you're kind of humdrum and that affects your immune system that affects your cells. I love how you intentionally say, I want to seek out joy and freedom. Thank you for sharing that. What's one thing iceland that you would change about your life before you had cancer or after you had cancer
1: I think I would probably not focus so much on having to have a significant other okay I think if I had to look at like stuff that has stressed me out in life relationships mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's been yeah. my most stressful point I would probably just get rid of it and be like I'm good it takes a lot of energy. And like you said, people always have a a hidden agenda and I seem to have this black cloud on my head that always ends up with the people with the hidden agendas. And so in my peaceful time where I am right now, I'm just happy with me Hmm. and it's a good space to be in, to be like, it's okay if you have somebody to, to share memories and things with, but it's okay if you don't.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And when you get to a place where you're fine with that, like I'll go to the movies by myself. I'll take myself to dinner. I'll travel by myself. I'm not afraid of that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a good space to be in. So as far as relationships are concerned, I've adopted the saying: You move how you move. And if it doesn't work for me, I'm moving out your way.
0: Oh, I so, love that. I yeah. love that. And you know, Iceland, what you just described is living at its finest. Yeah, It's like no matter what and no matter who i'm seeking out these things that make me happy. Yeah. And to exactly. me that's living. It is. It Wonderful. is living.
1: I do you know how my my saying is i'm living my amazing life. Yes. And I do. I do. Yes.
0: I thought about this and you you give me your input on it. It's almost like you owe it to yourself after you've been through something like cancer to figure out what that looks like for you. what does your amazing life look like? What is your best life look like? Mm -hmm. And I just feel like that's something that we all should really be doing anyway, Mm -hmm. but especially when you've been allowed to survive cancer and overcome cancer.
1: Yeah, I think it puts you in a good place and you're a happier person. Mm -hmm. So, you know, stuff that usually would kind of take you out and you're sitting on the couch eating ice cream because you're depressed, you like, whatever, let's keep it moving. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you deal with it for a few, a day or so, whatever, and then you're just like, enough, that's enough.
0: Yes, yeah. yes. I love your philosophies. <laughs> <laughs> Isalyn, what advice do you have for people that have been recently diagnosed with cancer or those people that are in post-treatment?
1: My biggest advice for people that are either just got diagnosed, whatever, is just strictly care about you. it's almost like you have to be selfish. You have to become this selfish attitude that all those people who are always like grabbing at you, they need you, you need to just sit still. I always tell people this, if you get up in the morning and you don't want to talk to people, don't. But don't apologize for it. If you feel like I can't handle this today, don't handle it. If you got to cry, cry. If you feel like you have to break a plate, break a plate. You have to adopt the attitude that it's about you. Whatever your needs are for the moment, it's about you. And that's the first step in becoming, you put yourself first, you become important because if you don't start with that selfish thing, you always worry about other people. So once you start being selfish and like, this is about my mental, my spiritual, my physical well-being." it's a win-win for you.
0: Mm -hmm. And I like how you said, don't apologize for it. Mm -hmm. If you're not feeling up to something, don't apologize for it. And I like that because we all need that time to ourselves. We all need that time. I say, as an introvert, I need that time to recharge. Mm -hmm. And there are people that understand it and there are people that don't. And when I was able to get to a point where I didn't explain it anymore or I didn't feel guilty about it, I feel like that was a huge win for me Mm -hmm. because even that part, the explaining part was really energy draining.
1: It is. And it's freeing to know that you get to a point where you're like, okay, I don't want to do this, but I'm not going to feel bad about it. Mm-hmm. It's it's very freeing.
0: Mm-hmm. So. Absolutely. And I feel like too, that's part of the healing journey is oh, just yeah. being able to set those boundaries because that's what we're really talking about. I believe that is so critical to healing.
1: It is definitely is.
0: Iceland, you are a children's book author. I want to transition a little bit and learn more about your children's books. Why don't we start with why did you become an author?
1: (laughs) I don't. You know, (laughs) I I never intended to become a children's book author. Well, I shouldn't say that. Not the the way I did because I do pediatrics. We have the, the parents ask us the same questions all the time. It's always the same concern. So. I actually wrote this book called Don't Forget the Parents. And it, it's a questions and it goes from birth to five years old about all the things we do at the well checks, physicals, well checks, what's a fever, when to call a doctor, the entire thing. So I wrote that book and then I was like, okay, I'm done with it. But I couldn't sleep one night. And for I had my twin grandkids and they call me Mimi. They call me <laughs> Mimi 50,000 times a day. So I, for whatever reason, I, in my head, I was going over like, what they had done to me all day Mimi this Mimi that and I just wrote down Mimi and me and then I just started writing books so the first book was Mimi and me and then the other one was potty training with Mimi and uh, you know there's four other books and then I decided okay so everybody doesn't call their grandmother Mimi so the title became Mimi, Mima, Yaya, Gaga, Nana, Granny, Big Mama and Me Wow. Each page is a different nationality of grandmother. And so it's a multicultural and it just goes through the stuff you do with your grandmother, baking cookies, going to the park, playing on the swing. I've hurt my knee, my grandma fixed it, all that. So it was kind of a fluke. I wrote the books and then I have a friend who's a publisher and I was like, you know, Stephanie, I wrote these books, but I don't know how to do this. She's like, oh, I'll help you. And she did. So it was amazing to see that idea in the middle of the night can't sleep to actually be published and now I have three of them So, and working on the fourth
0: and what's the fourth one about
1: the fourth one is the is the potty training with me with me potty training with Mimi so I'm trying to do this because they're all rhyming so I have to do the rhyming and get it all (laughs) in. and to make it funny and catchy so they can remember it
0: I love that. And I love the illustrations. Do you do those as well?
1: No, I just write the stories. And then I okay. have two illustrators, one who lives in South Carolina, and the other one lives in Pakistan. Oh, so wow. Whoever's available at the time is who I get to do the books.
0: Nice. Where can people find these books?
1: They're on Amazon. I'm working today. I have a hopefully can get them up as ebooks on Amazon as well and into Barnes and Noble's online press so but they're all they're all on Amazon if you put in my name all three books will pop up and you'll see them there
0: wonderful i'm curious to know how were the, your books received by your grandchildren what kind of feedback do they give you <laughs>
1: they love them every time they come to my house i have to read all three books and i have a stack of books that are just the books for them but i have to read them every single time and they're over here like three or four days a week So <laughs> they love those books but and their pictures on the back of one of them so they're like that's me that's me me
0: <laughs> oh nice Nice. So I want to encourage the audience to go and check out Iceland's books. They are wonderful. I love the illustrations. And again, you can find them on Amazon. Iceland, I'd like to ask my guests two questions before we wrap up. And the first one is, what is something that you've learned in life that you would like to share with the audience?
1: So the one thing I learned in life is nothing is ever going to be the way you think. I always go, God has a sense of humor mm-hmm. because I'm a type A personality. So everything has to be mapped out. I'm going to do this in one year and this in two years. And I, I always get my laundry ruffled. So, so <laughs> I just, you know, I just say, just fly by the seat of your pants if you can. Don't try to take things too seriously. Stuff's going to happen, but you got to take a step back, say a prayer and be like, it's going to be okay.
0: Mm-hmm. So. I like that. Yeah. Cancer will definitely teach you that if you didn't know it before. <laughs>
1: okay, <laughs> I'd yeah. always say cancer. Getting cancer was a sorority I never signed up for. Oh
0: so. yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the second question, Iceland, is what is next for you? I know you mentioned you're writing another book. Is there something else that you'd like to share?
1: Just writing the books. So I have this bucket list of what I wanted. I don't know why this is my thing, but I absolutely want to be on the Today Show with Hold A Copy.
0: Like, oh, wow. That is my That's goal. huge.
1: Yes. My goal is to be on the Today Show with Hold A Copy. So you never know
0: speak it because it will happen. Yes. 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 And you know, I'm going to pray and hopefully that will happen. It will happen for you. So let me know when you're on the show so I can tune uh, in and share it with my audience.
1: I want want to be the next JK Rowling. I want my books to reach millions of people and I'm going to start with Hoda.
0: (laughs) Nice. I like that. That's a great next step. Yes. And it's possible. Iceland, is there anything else that you would like to share with the audience about cancer, your work as a pediatric nurse, or anything else that you would like to share before we end today?
1: Just to tell them, you know, stuff happens, but everybody that I talk to that I try to coach through that process, I always just tell them, don't look at the negative, look at the positive. Your mindset is everything. So if you wake up every day and you're like, I'm not going to be a cancer victim, I'm going to be victorious at this. And you just make your mind feel like you're going to do this day by day. You'll be fine. It's all in how you uh, approach the situation. So, and the days you don't feel good, own it. But the days you do, live it.
0: I love that. Yes, so true. Iceland, if people want to connect with you, if they want to learn more about you, where can they find you?
1: They can find me on Facebook under Iceland Hamilton Austin. I'm on IG at Iceland51. I'm on TikTok at (laughs) Iceland51. And you can reach me at info at IcelandHamiltonAustin.com.
0: Wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. And I will also include that in the lesson notes for the audience so they can go back and refer to that and reach out to you.
1: Thank you.
0: Iceland, it was such a pleasure talking with you today.
1: And I loved the conversation.
0: Thank so, you. Thank you I so much it. for
1: inviting me.
0: My pleasure. And I enjoyed talking with you. I love your energy. And thank you so much for sharing your personal cancer journey with us.
1: Anytime. And
0: more blessings to you. You too. Thank you. And before we end today, I'd like to give a shout out to the listeners as well. Thank you so much for joining us. That is it for this Wednesday. And until next time, let's keep navigating cancer together. Take Absolutely. care. Thanks for listening to this episode of Navigating Cancer Together. I hope you enjoyed it. Please be sure to subscribe. And if you appreciate the show, drop a positive rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. For notes from the show, visit ontheotherside.life and check out the podcast section. After you check out the show notes, head over to my gift shop and show yourself or someone special in your life some love with gifts of encouragement, hope, and positive affirmations. I would love it if you joined us for the next episode. Talk to you soon.